Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, good morning and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 15th of October. You are in the gymnasium as we get ready to talk about the Bucks traveling to Pittsburgh for a big game tomorrow. Lightning back on the ice, and the Rays had the rest of the year off. Number here, 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email if you want to check in. We'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. Formaggio's Pizzeria, your favorite neighborhood pizzeria. Serving up the best hand-tossed New York-style pizza. An absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at formaggio's.com. Or call their friendly staff at 813-689-689. 1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at formaggios.com. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formaggio's Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully everyone had a great week and getting ready for a huge weekend of sports let's touch on some baseball first of all of course the Rays season is over as everyone knows by now as they got swept by Cleveland in a best of three series for the wild card the Rays made the playoffs this year because Major League Baseball extended the wild card teams from five to six so they really take advantage of that and they did have a good season anytime you make the playoffs it's a good season so congratulations to the Rays on doing that now the onus goes on the ownership and management of this team to find out what we need to do to score some runs and I believe that you need to go out there and pick up some bats sign some people in the offseason I'm not sure if Peralta will be back as a free agent Kiermaier um, or Zanino, I guess are the uh, three top players that come to mind on the team right now as we go into the uh, offseason. Getting back to the Rays, when you lose your last seven games, it doesn't bode well for you know moving forward. It's unfortunate. Like I said, great job making the playoffs for the Rays. I think 86 wins this year. Make the playoffs, but then you'll score one run, I believe, in like 24 innings. Where are the bats? What's going on with the team? I think that we really have to pick up some bats in the offseason. Talked about some of the players uh, that have not been producing. I don't want to get back into that. But the bottom line is that when you look at the payroll of the teams that are still playing, Maybe you can say, well, Cleveland's lower than us or the same as us in payroll. True. And they have about as much playoff experience as we do as well. So they're still playing well. We'll see what happens with them, most likely. I don't see them getting past uh, the Yankees, but we'll see what happens. And then you have Seattle as well playing Houston, and Houston will probably win that matchup. So you have to have the players to go out there to win these series and to move on. When you look at it, when it's all said and done, you're going to probably have the, the Yankees there. You're going to have the Dodgers there. You may have the Phillies. They're all in the top three or four with payroll 
if you look at the Major League breakdown. And that's what it basically takes to be able to win in the league. Unfortunately, the Rays, when you go out there and you score nine runs, or 11 runs in nine games, the last nine losses that they had, uh, you're not going to win games that way. So they have to go out and figure it out. Will they? I'm sure they will. Again, my whole situation and my uh, past remarks about the Rays is that they have a very good organization from top to bottom. Probably one of the best in baseball, if not the best as far as the structure goes. However, with what they're working with, with the payroll numbers being, I believe, 22nd in the league maybe or 24th in the league from the, you know, from the, top to bottom, they do great with what they have. And this team considers it to be a success when and if they make the playoffs, which they have done for so many seasons in a row. So hats off as far as that goes. But when they get ready to take the next step and move on in the playoffs and have a goal of winning the whole thing versus just getting to the playoffs, then they're going to go out there and they're going to make some commitments to players in the way of getting paid, they have to pay these players to come here to play. Now, there's a, a second side to this whole thing, too. A lot of players may not want to come and play inside Tropicana Field. You, you'll hear that around the league where players, uh, through their agents or whatnot, other players talk about it. You know, with the, with the three O-rings there in the stadium, it, it makes it hard sometimes for fielders to see the ball. It's not a good hitter's a ballpark. So... A lot of times players don't want to come here, which will be a whole different story as we start talking about stadium locations, keeping it there, whatever it might be. But as for right now, I think that you have to realize that the bottom line with this team is they need to make a commitment. Ownership needs to make a commitment to the team, to the fans, that we're going to go out there and get better. And it's quite obvious to me that the way you get better is to go out there and get some bats that can produce some hits, that can produce some runs, that can turn into wins and take us past the hump of just getting to the playoffs. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. We can go up and down the lineup and look at who didn't produce in the playoffs. You can go out there and look at who produced from the pitching staff. Our, our pitching staff from top to bottom was was stupendous. Uh, all season long, especially in the short-lived playoffs, uh, Cleveland had almost as few hits as we did. They had more timely hits, if you will, and um, we were pretty nil at the plate. So as far as that goes, I think that uh, once the Rays make the commitment and agree to, number one, you got to move the stadium. So I know the team sent out a survey to a lot of people in the area as far as where would you like to see a stadium? Would it you know, be in St. Pete in the Pinellas area down there? Or would you rather see it in Hillsborough County in Tampa? Would you go to more games? If so, how many more games would you go to? And all those things. So I'm not quite sure uh, if they're going to take take it to heart and listen to what the fans are saying. I, for one, would go to more games if they were here in Hillsborough County, where I'm located in the Tampa area. 
definitely would go to more games if it was at the proposed location of Ybor City. I mean, you look at Orlando. Orlando is in the conversation, in the mix, from what I'm hearing from some people, because pretty soon you look at 10 years down the road, 10, 12 years down the road, you're going to have Tampa and Orlando practically one entity with I-4 connecting everything and you're going to have the transit railway going out there. So that may be a possibility. Somewhere up here is definitely, I think, a better answer than in St. Pete where it's at right now. Don't have any updates as far as uh, plans with the team uh, moving this, moving the uh, stadium right now. We'll get into that as we get more information. But it's evident whether they stay there in St. Pete or move someplace else, they're going to need some people that can be relied on to uh, put the bat on the ball and, and score some runs. Other than that, like I said, the Rays did have a good season, so congratulations on making the playoffs. The teams that are playing right now, you have Cleveland at New York. One of the games was rained out this past week, but you know Cleveland's playing tough. I mean, you got to hand it to them. They're out there. They're competing. The Yankees are the Yankees, and most likely they'll move on. But, um, you know, Cleveland's having a good year as well. Atlanta at Philly. Philly was a six-team like the Rays. Uh, they got in because of the additional team that Major League Baseball said to have in the playoffs to make more teams uh, available for the postseason. So Phillies took advantage of it, and um, they're out there in the second round now. Uh, and they're going to go out there, and they're playing Atlanta. They won the first game in Atlanta, so they stole one there. They'll be playing two games in Philly uh, this weekend, and if they have to, a third one back up in Atlanta for a game five. So Phillies are in there. Then, of course, you have the Dodgers and San Diego. Now, they're in a great series. Those two teams, look at the talent and also the payrolls. Payrolls, again, top five. No, Phillies, top five. New York, top five. So all the payrolls there. And the fifth and the other team would be Houston and Seattle. So Seattle's further down on the payroll list. And Houston is Houston. They find ways to win, whether it be on home runs in the last inning or whatever it might be. They seem to come up with some big hits in some uh, opportune times. So we have Charlie Morton going for Atlanta today. You have Lance McCullers going for uh, Houston, George Kirby in Seattle. That's a 4 o'clock game. You have the Yankees playing uh, later on tonight. That's a 7.30 game, I believe. Severino's going against uh, McKenzie. And then the late game at 9.30, the Dodgers, Tyler Anderson against Joe Musgrave of San Diego. Musgrave pitched great for the, um, for the Padres in the first round win. So expect a good, uh, good game from both of them. Anyway, your comments, I'd love to hear anything that you have to say about whether it be the Rays on what your thoughts were of what they did this season, what they need to be doing in the off season, and any comments that you may have about the remaining teams in the playoffs. You can go to sports at power 901.com let me know what you are thinking or 877-448-7901 we'll be right back to keep the show going you are in the gymnasium on power 90.1 
The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Sports fans, welcome back. Big weekend of NFL football. Of course, the Bucks are up there in Pittsburgh trying to improve their record to 4-2 and two after holding on last week and beating the Falcons 21-15. And when I say hanging on, that's basically what they did. Quite honestly, they could easily be 2-3 and three right now if it wasn't for that roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. Uh, if you watch that, now Grady Jarrett, the defensive end, came up and tackled Brady. How are you supposed to tackle these quarterbacks? I know they're all airing on the side of precaution after some of these incidents, like with Tua down there in Miami, the concussion protocol, but come on. I mean, if you're a defensive player, you can't land on someone. You can't hit them low. You can't tackle them high. Watching from what happened this past weekend, you can't even wrap them up and and, and, and tackle them and, and put them on the ground. What are you supposed to do? Play seven on seven? Maybe just get some flags and play some flag football? I think it's ridiculous. The NFL needs to address this situation uh, yesterday and, and figure it out because it can't keep on going like this because what you're doing is that you are taking the outcome of these games and you're putting it in the hands of someone who's a referee out there that's an accountant or a lawyer during the week and you're you're letting them rule these games in a way however the NFL feels that they should be ruled for that particular week. That Let me tell you something. That tackle that uh, that uh, Jared had on Brady, there was nothing illegal about that. No way should a, um, a penalty flag been assessed on roughing the passer. I don't care what anybody says. Now, and then to make it worse, Brady, when he gets tackled like that, he has to go and, and try to kick Jared on the way up. And then Brady goes and he's appealing to the to the referee to, to throw a flag for roughing. Well, Brady did get fined, by the way, in case you weren't aware, yesterday, $11,139 or some stupid figure like that for um, kicking uh, Jarrett when he was down on the ground. I mean, that's, that's a secondary to the whole conversation here. Brady should never have done that. He knows better. He got fined, I think, years ago for same kind of thing against Ed Reed with, with Baltimore. Brady does that sometimes, and um, then he starts to you know, play the victim after that. So I am not impressed with the way that these referees are calling these games. So something needs to change fairly quickly and yes, I'm all for protecting the players. And if someone like Tua, who's wobbling on the play after he's tackled, they can't walk. Yes, he should not be allowed to play in the rest of the game and then go on the concussion protocol and take it from there on a week-to-week basis. Yes, I'm all for that. But not being able to tackle a quarterback because of those? No way. 
You've taken away from the integrity of the game. You've taken away from the outcome of the game with the scores and everything else. So they need to figure out um, what to do with it, what calls to make. You have to be able to tackle the quarterback. Yes, especially when you have quarterbacks like uh, Mahomes that's out there out of the pocket scrambling, running. You have people like uh, Allen of, of Buffalo, the same thing. What, do you, what, do you, uh, what are you going to do? What do you expect these defenses to do? They have to be able to go out there and play. So uh, let's hope that those things come into effect this week and get a little bit better for outcomes. You know, we watched a, a game on uh, Thursday night there, Washington and Chicago. I guess Washington won 12-7 to on that Amazon uh, game that was on TV or Prime, whatever it is. I'll tell you what, these Thursday games are terrible. It's like, it's like watching paint dry the last couple weeks for Thursday night football games. Luckily, there's some really good games over the weekend. We're going to be talking about them shortly. But I, I think that when you look at the Bucks going up to Pittsburgh, like I said, they're 3-2 and two right now. They could easily be 2-3. and three. There are some people that are banged up. We have some D-backs and uh, safeties that aren't playing. Pittsburgh on the other side. You know, Trubisky is not going to be playing. Pickett is their starting quarterback right now. He may be there in the future. I don't know. But as for right now, Pittsburgh's offense is is futile as far as uh, that goes. Tomlin out there is scrambling to find some answers. The Bucks should go out there and be able to light up the Steelers' defense under normal situations. We do have... Everyone coming back for the offense this week. Evans is a green light. Godwin's going. Last I heard, uh, Fournette is good to go. Uh, Jones is even going to probably play. Scotty Miller had a good game last week. So if you look at the offense, it's just that we're not being able to put the points on the board that we're used to seeing. They haven't gelled quite yet. And there have been some injuries, no doubt. But I'm thinking that it's still a work in progress to be able to get to putting up 30 points, 35 points on a weekend and week out basis, which is basically what this team needs to do. You can't rely on Fournette to run the ball. Yeah, I mean, they say they want to be a running team, running, run the ball first to be able to uh, set the tempo. And that's the game plan, whether it's to protect Brady or some of the other injured offensive line, whatever it might be. Let me tell you, if you keep on running Fournette the way that they've been, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a bad thing because I have Fournette in my fantasy football league, so I like to see the numbers he's putting up. But from a fan standpoint for the Bucks, you can't keep on giving the ball to Fournette like you want to do and expect him to be there in December, January, and into the playoffs. It's not going to happen without him getting some time off. So whether it's Rashad White coming out of the backfield or uh, someone else stepping in there, and giving Fournette some time to rest, I don't think that it's going to be a um, good idea for the Bucks to keep on doing what they're doing with a run-first team. You have Tom Brady as your quarterback. You have players out there, Evans, all-pro receiver. You have, <laughs> you can go up and down there. I'm not going to mention all of them. Godwin there. Uh, 
pass the ball, break, get the ball to the players, run a no-huddle offense, go out there and go up and down the field and score like you're able to score. Because if you don't do that, you're going to get yourself into situations like we just had against the Atlanta Falcons where three minutes to go in the game, if you don't get that phantom call that Brady was able to somehow get, then you're going to probably lose that game. <laughs> because if... If they forced a turnover there and kick, make a minimum kick, Atlanta was going to get the ball back, and that was it. So anyway, my point is is that the Bucks' offense still has not gelled. Are they going to gel this week? I don't know. Pittsburgh's a tough place to go up there and do it. They should. They should on paper, they should be able to go out there and win 24 to 10, 28 to 10, something like that. So we'll see what happens. We'll be right back to talk more NFL and some college as well. 877-448-7901. Sports at Power 901.com is the email. We'll be right back. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and T-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now. back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Let's break down some of the other NFL games. Uh, we talked about the Falcons last week coming up here and playing the Bucks and playing them well. Well, they'll be hosting the San Francisco 49ers this week. And, you know, San Francisco is obviously favorite, but I'll tell you what. Uh, Atlanta is playing well. They hang around and they hang around. And I think this game's going down to the wire. Uh, I think that even though the 49ers stayed in West Virginia this week after uh, beating Carolina on their road, so they don't have to go for that wear and tear of traveling West Coast to back. So they'll be here. I think the 49ers win that game, but it's going to be a lot closer, I think, than uh, the five and a half points. You have the Patriots playing at Cleveland. How often do you see the Patriots with the record that they have right now? Mac Jones may or may not play this week. If not, it's Bailey Zapp again. The way the Browns' defense is playing, it might not matter who the quarterback is. Cleveland's going to run the ball. Um, Defense for New England, even though they're coming off of a shutout there, I I think the Patriots stay close in this one. I think it's a very low-scoring game. And I think that um, Cleveland's going to win this game probably by a field goal at the end. Uh, Green Bay Packers at the Jets. A lot of people are saying that the Jets are going to play well in this game and have a chance to beat Green Bay. And I just don't see it. I don't know what people are looking at. Packers lost to the Giants last week in London. So they're motivated to come back and win. Now... Are they just going to give them a a tough, tough game? I mean, they're a surprise team, but this is a pretty tough spot. I look for Green Bay's defense to really step up here, and I believe that the Packers are going to win this game big. Jacksonville at Indy. 
That's a pretty evenly matched up game. The Jags shut out the Colts in week two, so they know they can stop them, but the Jaguars are also coming off a bad loss to the Texans while the Colts beat the Broncos last Thursday, I believe. So they're rested even more. I just think that when it comes right down to it, Jacksonville will be able to pull this one out probably by a little more, probably by three to five points if you look at the uh, spread on that one. Minnesota at Miami. This is an interesting game. I think the Dolphins are going to have uh, Teddy Bridgewater back, um, are are going to have Teddy Bridgewater back. So that's going to be a huge boost to their offense. The Vikings, who I keep on saying, who I think are one of the best teams in the NFC, they're going down there to Miami, and it's it's going to be pretty warm in South Florida, so I think that they could be impacted by the heat. It's going to come down to Miami's offense against a bad Miami defense. So, um... I think the Vikings are going to actually pull this one off behind Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson. That's a pretty good trio right there. So I look for the Vikings to win this one uh, by a touchdown. Cincinnati at the Saints. If you look at if you look at these two teams right now, the Bengals lost three tough games in the final seconds, and they're playing on a uh, second straight road game after losing to the Ravens. The Saints, on the other hand. They won last week behind Taysom Hill, who had a great game, all you fantasy football players. But uh, can they count on that every week? I don't think so. The Saints defense has been a huge disappointment this year. So I think that Joe Burrow is going to actually return to Louisiana and get a victory probably by 10 points. I'm going to say 30 to 20 in that game. Baltimore at the Giants. The Giants are the underdog in this one. The Giants are 4-1. And this is another, you know, can they prove it game. If they can limit the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, they can win the game. But I think that the former Ravens defense coordinator there, Wink Martindale, is going to find a way to slow him down. And if he does, I think the Giants are going to run the ball. It's going to be a close one, but I do think that the Ravens are going to win this one late by a touchdown. Uh, 23-20, to 20, I'm going to say. So, um You have Carolina at the Rams. The Rams are a a huge favorite in this one by about 10.5, 11 points. As you know by now, the Panthers fired head coach Matt Rule. So Steve Wilkes takes over as the Panthers coach at this point. I don't know if that's going to bring some life. Sometimes it brings life to a team. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think the Rams are just as desperate as the uh, Panthers are for a win. And the Rams are a better team. So I've got to go with the Rams in this one. I think Matthew Stafford shows up and has a good game. And I look for the Rams to win this one by about 10 points. Arizona at Seattle is a 4 o'clock game tomorrow. Uh, Seahawks have been fun to watch on offense. If you look, Geno Smith is off to a fast start there. You have Metcalf as a good receiver for them. But the Arizona offense has had some issues this season. But this is actually a good spot for them to get it right. I don't think that Seattle's defense is that um good, especially in the secondary. I look forward to be a pretty high-scoring game or a shootout. I think Kyler Murray's going to get the offense and in line and, and actually beat Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take um, Seattle by six points in this one. 
Buffalo at Kansas City. Here's the game that we've been waiting for since the playoffs last year, The possibly the game of the year, definitely the game of the week. Both teams are having high-flying offenses, and, you know, if you're Buffalo, you've waited all year for this. Josh Allen, only thing he did wrong and the last time they played was call the wrong side of the coin during the, the, the coin flip in overtime. So it's going to be a treat to watch. You're going to see two of the best quarterbacks playing the game right now. They're both in their prime. When we talk about Allen and Mahomes, which one's going to be stopped? Anyone going to be stopped? I don't think so. I think they're both going to go out there and, and light it up. And I hope it's a classic like the last game um, that we saw when the Chiefs won it in overtime. I do think that... Uh, the Bills are going to win this one, though. I think they're, um, like I said, been thinking about this one for a long time, and I think that they're going to go out there and probably win this game. However, it's really hard to count out Mahomes, so just enjoy the game, sports fans. Dallas at Pittsburgh on Sunday night. How about this one? Uh, what do you do? Eagles, home, they're favored. When you look at Jalen Hurts, he's really surprised a lot of people this year, including me. I, I've said many times in the last last year that until Hurts can show that he can win games with his arm and not just his legs, I won't be a believer. But he has done that. So I have to say that um, I, I do believe in what Hurts can do right now. The offensive unit is behind him as well. This is probably the second best game of the week behind the previous game game we just talked about. The Cowboys defense against the Eagles offense is probably what's going to decide this. However, I will say this. I think it's going to come down to the Eagles Eagles being able to negate Cooper Rush on offense and He's played well. They've won, I think, what, four games in a row under the backup because Dak Prescott's out. But I think the game ball in this game is going to go to the Eagles' defense and what they can do. Uh, do you think Dak Prescott makes an entrance into the game in the second half if the Eagles are beating them? That will be interesting, huh? I do say the Eagles win this game by a touchdown. Uh, it should be another great game, though. And then uh, you have Denver at the Chargers on Monday night, two pretty evenly uh, ranked teams here. The Chargers are back at home after a couple, two straight losses, two straight victories on the road, excuse me. And they played well on the offense on the road, but the defense continues to have their issues. The good news is that the Denver offense has more issues than the Chargers. So uh, Wilson has been bad and he's a little banged up. I think Justin Herbert and the Lightning Bolts get the best of this one. I'll take the Chargers by uh, a touchdown in this one. Would love to hear your thoughts on all those games as well as the Bucks that we broke down. I think that it's going to be a, uh, a good weekend of football. Like I said, uh, a lot of games evenly matched. Two really good games on the um, uh, that appears anyway on the outset there with KC and Buffalo and then Philly and um, the Cowboys. So let me know your thoughts. We'll be right back to keep the show going in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.
10 Star Tree and Landscaping is on the air reminding Americans to stand tall and show support to the brave and honorable men and women of our U.S. military. Their tireless efforts each and every day should never go unnoticed. This proud salute is brought to you by 10 Star Tree and Landscaping. For the very best in residential and commercial tree service and landscaping, call 10 Star Tree and Landscaping today and mention this ad for 20% off at 813-680-9139. 813-680-9139. That's 10 Star Tree and Landscaping. They're professionals who care. Now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. I'll tell you what, if you like college football, this might be the premier weekend of the college football season um, on the schedule this weekend. You have, I'm going to give you seven games to watch. So get the remotes ready because there's six head-to-head matchups between teams in the AP Top 25, um, including a bombshell matchup with SEC uh, Alabama and Tennessee. So pay attention to the games this weekend. If you uh, like college football, it's going to be a, a fun day today. First games at noontime here in a couple hours, Penn State at Michigan. Michigan is a number five team. Penn State's coming in at number 10 right now. This is a major clash in the Big Ten East with a chance for the winner to uh, go a leg up in a division that also includes Ohio State, of course. So anytime Michigan's playing at home, they have that home field advantage and a ground attack that really grinds most defenses. However, now Penn State has a very good defense. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, if, if you look at both teams coming down to it, I believe that Michigan should probably win by a field goal at the end. But that's going to be a great way to start the day off. Alabama coming in at number three in the country is playing at Tennessee. And probably, you know, if not the best game of the day, then one of the couple best games. Um, the last time that, you know, Tennessee won in this series, I don't even think they had um, iPhones invented yet. But that's 15 straight games that Alabama has won. And I'll tell you what, if there's ever a day that Tennessee is going to be able to go out there and win, I, I think it's today. Tennessee has a college football's number one total offense, number two in the scoring attack. Their quarterback there, uh, what's his name, Hendon, Hendon Hooker, I don't think he's thrown an interception yet. Bryce Young on the other side for the Heisman Trophy winner of last year. He's still questionable as far as whether he'll be able to play or not. He's got that injury, if you remember, to his shoulder. So he's going to be limited even if he does come back. So I look for Tennessee to come out and win this game uh, in the second of the seven games. Oklahoma State is playing number 13 TCU. OK State's ranked number eighth right now. A pair of undefeated rivals. And I think that if you look at those these two teams, TCU owns college football's number two total offense and the nation's second most efficient quarterback. So this is going to be a shootout. Take the over if you want to bet on it. And I think that uh, come 3.30 today, this one's going to um, definitely be back and forth, up and down the field. Number seven, USC at number 20, Utah. Trojans, I'll tell you what, um, they're flashy. Utah, they just get the job done. They, uh, it's a Big 12 clash that I think means a lot more right now for Utah, which um, 
just lost its second game of the season at UCLA last week. USC still hasn't lost. I think there's going to be one of these games that is going to be a turnover deciding the difference. And I'm going to take uh, USC in this game. Couple other ones, like I mentioned, Minnesota at Illinois is a great one. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Kentucky is number 22. Mississippi State's number 16. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about UK. They've, I think they've lost a couple in a row right now, but this is going to be a game that's huge in the conference, and I think that Kentucky comes away winning this game. NC State at Syracuse. NC State's 15th ranked. Syracuse 18. This is an under-the-radar matchup in the ACC uh, between two ranked division foes. Devin Leary is questionable with a shoulder injury, and I don't think, and I think that's going to definitely hurt the Wolfpack offense. And the Orange, they hope to take advantage of that and move on to six and zero for the first time in thirty five years. And I think they're going to go ahead and do that today. Arkansas at BYU is a good game. LSU at the Gators, always a must see rivalry in the SEC every year, no matter what these records are of these two teams. So, a uh, pair of first year coaches. Kelly for LSU and, of course, Billy Napier for the Gators. Um, they're having some growing pains, both of them, but it should be a good game to watch. And uh, I'll say one more here, Clemson at Florida State. Uh, number four, F Clemson. Florida State's unranked right now. Clemson's offense has taken some big steps to be able to uh, go up there with the big teams. FSU's in danger of losing a third straight game after dropping two decisions to NC State and Wake Forest. But, uh, you know, Florida State's going to come up big in this game, I believe, and help Mike Norvell. Uh, the head coach to come back here and look for it to be a good game. So, guys, when you talk about sports, whether it be college football, the baseball playoffs, the NFL, uh, hockey starting back up, it's going to be a great weekend of sports. So enjoy it. The nicer weather is on its way here starting this weekend from what I saw with the forecast. So hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Watch the sports, do something outside, take advantage of the nice weather. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe, above all, stay positive. That's all the time we have this week, but we'll be here next week breaking down all the aforementioned games that we talked about. This is Jimmy B saying have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time in the gymnasium. Have a great weekend.